All right, here's a practice for you, and it's only as good as how much time you put into it. So I would like to suggest that you take this function, f of x equals x to the fifth minus 4, and find f inverse of x, but I'd like you to do it first algebraically, that's interchange x and y and solve for your new y value. Then I'd like you to make a table using just these four x values, get the outputs for the original function, then interchange your x and y to have a new table that should work for your f inverse function, right? So um, just interchange x and y. In theory, you could do part b before you even did part a. But normally, what you're going to have to do on your homework or in, uh, on an exam or something usually is going to be this first part. So I put that first. But you can verify looking at a table. Then you can also verify graphically. So you don't have to remember the transformations of functions and what x to the fifth looks like and what its inverse function looks like. If you just use these four points on the table, it might give you an idea. But it might also be helpful to remember the last example we did with the cube and the cube root. But look at it graphically, at least by just interchanging your coordinates and connecting the, the points. Finally, check with the composition property. Check and see if when you take f of f inverse of x, do you get x? And if you take f inverse of f of x, do you also get x in that case? If so, then you're, you can pretty well verify that you've got the function in its inverse. You've looked at it algebraically, numerically with the table, and graphically, and you've verified with the composition property. So take a minute and pause and do this, and then come back and check your results with mine. Algebraically, we start with f of x equals y equals x to the fifth minus 4. Interchange x and y. And now we have x equals y to the fifth minus 4. Now we want to solve for y. So I need to get the y to the fifth term by itself by adding 4 to both sides. So I have x plus 4 equals y to the fifth. And I want to get y by itself, so I take the fifth root of both sides. Remember, though, you're taking the fifth root of everything on the left, so it's like that x plus 4 is in parentheses, and you take the fifth root of all of it. Now that is our new function, f inverse. Inputs we still call x when we look at the algebraic representation. This x doesn't mean the same x that we started with. It means input. It's just a general letter, because we don't want to write input every time. We just write x. So our input, adding 4, then taking the fifth root, gives us the inverse function. Now let's double check those two formulas with our table. We're going to use f of x, actually, to make the table for f. When x is negative 1, we have negative 1 to the fifth power minus 4 is negative 1 minus 4, which is negative 5. And if you'd like, you can think of all these inputs as being read just to keep track. When x is 0, 0 to the fifth minus 4 is negative 4. When x is 1, 1 to the fifth minus 4 is negative 3. And when x is 2, 2 to the fifth is 32 minus 4 is 28. So 2 to the fifth is 32 minus 4, 28. So my outputs of f, these are what we normally think of as y values, right, 
are negative 5, negative 4, negative 3, and 28. We're going to interchange x and y to get the inverse function. So now I just take those y values, and now they're x values for the inverse function. They're my new inputs. My original inputs of the original function should correspond to the outputs of the inverse function. So I just copy those over, negative 1, 0, 1, 2. Let's verify a couple of these with our formula. We've found now that f inverse of x is the fifth root of x plus 4. So that's f inverse of x. So x means input of the inverse function. It was the output of the original, right? So my input of the inverse function, let's look at negative 4. Negative 4 added to 4 gives me 0, and the fifth root of 0 is 0, like I expect. You can plug in negative 5. Negative 5 plus 4 is negative 1. The fifth root of negative 1 is defined, right? It's not imaginary. That's only even roots, which are going to cause problems coming up very soon. The fifth root of negative 1 is negative 1. If x is negative 3, negative 3 plus 4 is positive 1. The fifth root of positive 1 is positive 1. If x is 28, 28 plus 4 is 32. The fifth root of 32 is 2. So the formula fits what we expect by just interchanging the x and y's on the table. That's what's happening numerically. We can use these points to find out what's happening graphically. Now, this 28, 2, maybe... um, We'll try to make our scale so that it's easy to see without going 1, 2, 3, 4, all the way up to 28. I don't have the patience for that. So I'm just going to kind of have a general idea of where I am. I have x is negative 1, y is negative 5, is my first point on the original function. 0, negative 4 is another point. 1, negative 3 is another one. Now it's helpful if I know that this is a fifth root, fifth power, excuse me, of x. It's x to the fifth, and then minus 4. So I just can't help it. I would much rather use the fact that I know that x to the fifth looks a lot like x cubed, except steeper than flatter. It's steeper on the ends and then flatter on the insides, like that. It's shifted down 4 units because it's x to the fifth minus 4. So this is f of x equals x to the fifth minus If you want to put the other point on, there's a point 228 way up here, right? Input in red. So this is f of x. f inverse of x, I just interchange my x and y values. So I have negative 5 for my input now, negative 1 for my output, somewhere around there. Negative 4 comma 0, that corresponds to the point... 0, comma, 4, negative 4. So I had 0, negative 4, so this is 0 as an output and negative 4 as an input like this. And then I have negative 3, comma, positive 1 right here. And then I have all the way out to 28 and just up to 2 right about here. And when I connect that, it helps to know that the fifth root of x is very similar to the cube root of x. And so it looks like this comes over from the left, comes up, and then gets very slow growth the larger x gets because you have to take larger and larger x values to just get 
an output change of one. On this last practice, check with the composition property. You might want to wait and just watch, and then pause it to take notes if you don't already have this on your paper, because I'm going to do this kind of quickly. f of f inverse of x needs to equal x, right? So f of f inverse of x, I put in red, the fifth root of x plus 4 is f inverse of x. That's like x plus h with the difference quotient. That gets plugged in from my input into the f of x function. f of x says take x to the fifth minus 4. So in parentheses, I have the fifth root of x plus 4 to the fifth power minus 4. The fifth power of the fifth root is just what's inside x plus 4. Minus 4 gives me x. Going the other way, f inverse of f of x is the same as f inverse of x to the fifth minus 4. So x to the fifth minus 4 is what goes in as my input into f inverse. So here's f of x as the new input of f inverse. f inverse says, take your input, add 4, then take the fifth root of everything. So I have my input plus 4 inside a fifth root. The minus 4 and the plus 4 add up to 0. I have x to the fifth inside the fifth root. I have a fifth root of x to the fifth, which is just x, which is what I expected. So we can see that it works.